Hey everybody, welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brecker, and today on this episode, this is an interview I did with Claire C. Holland, author of I'm Not Your Final Girl, a book of poems about final girls. It is such an awesome read. I highly encourage everyone to go check this out. This was an interview I did a few months back. I think I did this back in March, actually, maybe even sooner. Um, it's just been kind of sitting in my docket for a little bit. Other movies have come up in my lineup that I've gotten out, but now I feel like it is a pretty good time to get this episode out. We discuss her writing process, what her inspiration for this, which final girls she enjoyed writing about, some of her favorite final girls, and we also got into a fun conversation about what is a final girl and what, what makes them interesting and what qualifies them as such and we discussed and debated a couple of final girls or just leading female protagonists in horror movies and whether or not they should be or shouldn't be counted as final girls so this was a fun chat with Claire C. Holland be sure to go check out her book on Amazon or follow her on Twitter and Instagram links are in the show notes you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Claire C. Writes and before we get into the interview, I just want to say thank you so much for coming by. And I want to say thank you to my partner, Horror Press. HorrorPress.com is an awesome horror website for all sorts of fans of the genre. Uh, I encourage people to go check out, since we're talking about Final Girls today, to go check out their article on uh, Ellen Ripley, who they uh, crown as the undisputed queen of Final Girls. So be sure to go check out that article written by Frederick Hare. A uh, pretty cool article back in March. Um, so thank you, Horror Press. And I want to say thank you to the patrons, Jasher, Tiffany, James, and Cleveland. Thank you guys so much. If you want to support me, head over to patreon.com slash Horror. Now, let's go ahead and get into this interview with Claire C. Holland. I'm so happy to be sitting down with Claire C. Holland, author of I Am Not Your Final Girl, a book of poems. Hello, Claire. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I've uh, been a fan of your book of poems, uh, I'm Not Your Final Girl, for, for a while now. I think it's a very, very, very cool book. Thank um, you. But I wanted to kind of start today with how I like to normally start with my interviews with uh, these uh filmmakers and writers and just you know people that are producing horror content um i want to ask you how did you first get into horror and would you consider consider yourself a horror fan oh definitely <laughs> um i would definitely consider myself a horror fan but yeah i didn't think of myself that way for a really long time because i think that all of the things that like got me into horror were kind of like horror adjacent um mm. Because my mom was really into, she would call them scary movies, but it's it was really like thrillers, you know, and like um, we would watch like cheesy Lifetime thrillers together and stuff <laughs> like that. Definitely not very scary, but I don't know. It just kind of got me like interested in, I think it just made me realize that like I really enjoyed being scared from a young age. Like it was fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my parents were just always really into movies in general. So like movie night was always a really big deal. And like the Oscars were a really big deal. Um, <laughs> 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 so 
so different from now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, they just really got me into movies. And then I think I just slowly got more and more into horror. But I didn't really know anyone who was into horror until I met my husband in college, who was more like the first person who thought it was cool that I liked horror movies <laughs> and not just weird. <laughs> So it was peer pressure. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Can is there anything you could think of, any sort of uh, horror movie or book or anything that kind of served as like that vehicle for you that was that wasn't like a horror adjacent, but was something that was purely horror that went, oh, okay, I definitely like this, and you would kind of consider your gateway drug into it. Um. Yes, I think. Like the first thing I can really remember loving was those um uh scary stories to tell in the dark that they made a movie of since. Um I had all of those. There's like three of them, I think, and um I just loved them. And I loved retelling the stories to other people. Um and like I don't know, like telling, retelling the story would like give me this very like unique, like creeped out emotional feeling that like I hadn't felt before, I think. Yeah, that's like my earliest memory <laughs> of just like loving horror and like it just like made me feel this like you could feel cool, exciting feeling I'd never felt before. <laughs> Now those refresh my memory. The the scary stories to tell in the dark are those more towards gear like a younger audience, or are those because I know that that movie that came out that I think it was kind of like a three part sort of like anthology almost. I feel like um they are geared toward kids, but the thing that made them really unique at the time was that they had those really really scary illustrations. Mm. that um they used to make the movie which i'm really happy about but um they've made new editions of the same book since with like very like cartoony illustrations and it just like takes so much of the power i think out of those stories because half of what was so scary about it was i forget who the artist is but he just did these amazing illustrations that just were so creepy and like evocative and I don't know it just seemed, it did seem very grown up to me because they were so scary and I think obviously like today they have kind of kitted them up you know so I kind of wanted to go ahead and get into your book, I'm Not Your Final Girl. Um, I guess let's just kind of start with some of your inspiration for writing it and what made you feel compelled to do this. Um, Trump, mostly Trump getting elected. <laughs> yes, yeah, your, your intro is, is pretty explicit about that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I went to college for creative writing and, you know, I wrote things since graduating but um it really was just the election of Donald Trump that like made me so angry and upset and like worried about the direction we were going um and I just wrote it pretty quickly I mean probably over like six months 
after. Oh, wow. And then, you know, editing and all of, of that stuff. But that's, yeah, I've never had anything just like pour out of me so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, I guess, to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what... So what was it about writing about the final girls that kind of made you feel like that it was a good vehicle to to get out what you were feeling and express yourself that way? Um, Just that they were definitely like final girls and women in horror movies have like long been the women that I look to for sort of sort of as role models and like also just for catharsis and like to you know, just feel my feelings, I guess, through them. And um, I mean, I think they're just fascinating. And I think everyone mm -hmm. is fascinated with them now because the whole thing with them is like they've been through so much and presumably they survived. And, you know, how? How did they get through all of that? And I feel like with each poem, I was kind of trying to like channel some little piece of them or like reserve of like strength from them to like channel through them and say what I wanted to say but hmm. through someone who felt like a stronger person than myself <laughs> you know very yeah yeah very cool I, I like that because you do you know get a sense of you know how strong a lot of these women are that go through the you know the, the things that take place in the movie are obviously very horrific so it's cool to see because a lot of a lot of these do have a cool arc to where they may start out as like kind of like a mousy character or somebody that wouldn't normally mm -hmm. stand up for themselves and some of them like one of my favorites jess from black christmas she kind of through and through is somebody that doesn't take crap from anyone and uh sure. she doesn't have necessarily too much of like a character arc in there but that's because she doesn't she didn't necessarily need it it was um there's cool to see her just be like a very strong character throughout that. And same thing for like Sydney Prescott. She was always like a very pretty mm -hmm. strong character throughout the the movie and the series and everything. But like when we get to people like like Sally from Texas Chainsaw, mm -hmm. um, you know, we kind of just see her as, you know, just a person of the 70s, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she she goes through the, the the things that happen and we see just how much of a fighter she is at the end and everything. And she literally, you know, jumps jumps through windows multiple times falls and just scratches her way uh, out of out of there um so i think that's i think that's very cool that uh how you describe that to wanting to channel through through some of these women that way yeah because i mean it's certainly not like they're all one thing and i wouldn't say i'm not trying to say like all final girls are you know the epitome of a strong woman or what you know I think what's cool about them is that there are so many different representations of women that you don't often see outside of the horror genre. You get to see like angry, evil women and like you get to see women do really messed up stuff. <laughs> and it's great because <laughs> you don't get to see that in a lot of other genres. <laughs> yeah because it, it kind of at least for like the the third act of the movie they kind of get to turn into like the, the action star for it if, mm -hmm. you know when they're fighting back and things like that which I, like you said we don't get that too often yeah i think growing up that was always the thing that was like so attractive to me was just like they were doing and saying and acting in all of these ways that like i felt i couldn't 
Oh, I like that a lot. So for final girls, I know you kind of said that there's a lots of good representation because not one of them is the epitome for the story of all uh, women, especially women in horror movies. Are there any criteria that makes this is something I like to talk about with uh, people I've had on here before, but like the difference between a final girl and just a woman that has a leading role in a horror movie? Um do because are do you find that there's any sort of like criteria for some for a character that makes them a final girl or is there something that they need to have to be considered final girl? I or mean, is I there... guess that I would say like at the most basic level, like she has to be the final girl <laughs> and survive. I mean, I guess she doesn't technically have to survive in the end, but at least make it till the end. Um, but I also said in my book, like some of those women, some of those characters are not technically final girls. Um, or like, I wouldn't necessarily think of some of them as final girls, but like in that technical sense, but they still feel like final girls. Mm, I don't know. I really like that discussion of who feels like a final girl, but isn't. And I think a good example is um Helen from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh okay. who's, um Sarah Michelle Geller. Mm-hmm. She's one who I'm just like, she feels like she should have survived so much to me. And it kills me that she didn't. So like that's she's a final she's an honorary final girl to me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. Um I, I like that a lot because I always I, I did like Helen's character Really, I felt like that the couples probably should have been switched <laughs> in yeah, that movie because Helen agree. and was it Helen and Barry? I think uh, yeah. the, the the football guy. The, I felt like that they were the the stronger of the characters, and it would have been more interesting to see them last till the end as opposed to Freddie Prince Jr., who looks like a lost puppy dog the whole movie. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just not. I know. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I just feel like Helen has that like fighting final girl spirit mm-hmm. yeah. makes me really and, sad <laughs> and sarah michelle geller is a better act- actor but um <laughs> <For sure>. <laughs> <laughs> um so while we're kind of still talking about the qualifiers and like the, some of the exceptions um I, in your book you have thomason from the witch and i love that you included her because um last year i did this series called what's your favorite horror trope and of course the final girl came up a bunch uh during that i was interviewing people but what i found interesting is that with the women that i interviewed so many of them brought up thomason that they really loved her and it was was such an interesting coincidence and because i kind of don't and it's okay to disagree on things and i I just want to get that out there i'm not like saying she shouldn't be in this book or anything (laughs) but just as a final girl uh you know as a premise for that i don't consider her as a final girl necessarily but i just wanted to i was just curious about uh, the poem is very good i really liked um the poem you have for her because it is very um representative for you know her struggles and everything because she is kind of seen as basically a uh, just for like childbearing really that's kind of like what her value is to the men in the movie uh, her father really and so and it's cool to see her kind of have that turn at the end of the movie to you know with the black phillip and signing the book and just going like fuck it like this is i'm going to choose this path you know like i like am i the bad guy maybe but um (laughs) it's it's so good so i was just curious about um thoughts on thomason being a final girl um and 
reasons why you wanted to include her in your book. Yeah, I I agree with you. She's definitely not what I would consider a typical final girl, especially I think with a lot of I kind I almost think of a final girl as being more of like a slasher trope. Though I'm mm-hmm, not sure mm-hmm. that that's true, but that's sort of how I think of like a lot of the traditional final girls. And I guess it's like, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. She just doesn't, it just doesn't, her, well, it doesn't seem like a traditional final girl, but right. I still feel like it's everything that she went through and everything that she survived that just makes her feel like a final girl to me. It's like a spiritual final girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, because I kind of like what you were saying, because I, I think that the final girl trope is something that is reserved specifically for the slasher subgenre. Kind of. And yeah. when it doesn't, I mean, like things can change and evolve over time. I know. And I don't know, m- maybe I'm being too much of a purist for that. I don't know. But because this is kind of one of those one of those examples where I think, okay, I think that she's just like a really good, like female leading role in a horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, and it, it doesn't matter if like people disagree on that or whatever, because you know we're talking about tropes here. Um, well, but I think I think it's cool to because it, it, maybe there's an argument there for like you know things have now changed and evolved, and final girls have now bled over into other subgenres of horror now. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of the question. I definitely think that, you know, the trope has evolved past men, women, and chainsaws, like where it originated from. Um, but it's kind of, I guess it's kind of weird to think of a final girl teaming up with evil kind of at the end, which is kind of what she does. It's kind of, it's cool though, yeah. It's the coolest. <laughs> I mean, it's like the, best power move i fully am for it for her but i guess i i would say the the like difference there is kind of you think of the final girl as like finally prevailing over evil mm. um and that's not exactly what she's doing in the witch <laughs> but but maybe well, she ew, is yeah. actually yeah maybe she is because <laughs> maybe that's kind of like a thing like what was really evil was it yeah yeah, the was patriarchy. it? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like you know, which, which what, what was who really was the bad guy, and that's like kind of fun to. It's like one of those movies where you could go into it with a different lens. Like, I'm going to watch it with this lens and see how I react to it, and kind of watch it with this lens and see how I feel about it. So I, I had a couple more examples of like questionable final girls that aren't in slashers, but like, could we come up with some way to where like they actually would be considered final girls? So I had like two other ones, um, Heather from the Blair Witch Project. So would is is there a case for her to be considered a final girl? I know that like people don't necessarily get picked off one by one, kind of. Well, they kind of do in that movie, but um. I don't know. What were your thoughts on Heather? Yeah, it's tricky for me because, yeah, like, I feel like you could make a case for it, but then that opens up such a can of worms with other movies. (laughs) 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 And also, this isn't, not to be a jerk, but, like, 
I just don't love Heather and I don't feel like she has so good final girl energy. <laughs> That's so fascinating because I talked about I had um Nora Uncle on here to talk about it and she was same thing you were saying. She was saying how much that she didn't like Heather in the movie. I feel and terrible saying that. No, that's okay. I mean, you're allowed to have an opinion. And um, I just find that funny that both of you were just like, yeah, I don't, I didn't really care for her. And I was just like, really? I felt like she was the only character I like liked. But uh, that's interesting. I mean, I don't hate her anything. Yeah, yeah. But she, yeah, she drives me a little bit crazy when I'm watching <laughs> that movie. <laughs> So, so kind of up up in the air for Heather. Um, yeah, I feel very up in the air. Yeah, that one's Heather. tough because that one's tough because we're kind of missing some other qualifiers. It's not a it's not a slasher for sure. There's there like is there, it's like a question of like what's actually happening in the movie and is she really the last one standing at the end and things like that. So um, there, there's a lot of I, I just find that kind of interesting to think about. You know where does she kind of fit in some of those like those stock horror characters that we think of like with final girls or just you know just other characters in movies well and now i'm thinking also that like part of part of it is that there's no there's not a high body count in that movie and i think mm-hmm. that's like part and parcel of it too is that i feel you feel like so much for this final girl who's made it through when like 20 other people died you know Mm -hmm. whereas with Blair Witch it's just much more ambiguous than that I guess yeah and again it's kind of one of those things where like is there a body count like if you believe in Josh and Mike or do you uh, go for that theory that this was all just a plan from Josh and Mike to kill Heather at the end so it's kind of like you know what which is it so that's I like that that qualifier the like okay she has to be a part of a group that is decreasing in mass throughout the movie (laughs) (laughs) um I think the last one I had was Clear Rivers from Final Destination um she's in the Mm. first two Final Destination movies because Final Destination is weird because I don't know I don't even know how to categorize that movie into like what subgenre that fits into because it's 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 like a slasher but not really at the same time it's i know so... i do think of it as a slasher mm-hmm. but but it's not exactly <laughs> yeah it's 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 very weird it's a strange movie to to discuss about for subgenres so that kind of like puts it in that like gray area of like if 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 a slasher is necessary for it to for them to be a final girl, this is kind of like a weird, a weird limbo to already be in. But uh, clear, she does. She is part of a group that decreases. Uh, she does yeah. make it to the end. Um, so does that make her a final girl in that sense? She feels like a final girl to me, for mm-hmm. sure. Because yeah, it's just that thing of like so many other people died. And she made it through. She's even in the second movie. Mm-hmm. And we even, even see how, like, movie. she even she's even uh, tr- uh, we see how much trauma that she's been through mm-hmm. with the first movie. And that, that, that kind of seems to like whenever Final Girls do come back, we all, we do kind of get that sense of trauma that they've been through. Like we see that with like Laurie Strode and some like the, the Halloween remakes and things like that. So um, yeah, so for sure. So she definitely has a lot of the boxes are checked for her that do count as a final girl but it feels so like it feels right but it also feels like 
wait though you know i don't know like if <laughs> i feel like if you're to be in a room with 100 people like 10 of them would go um actually so yeah I don't... <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard to place that one yeah i i agree i for me i feel like it just sort of comes down to feeling whether they feel like a final girl or not Thank you for humoring me with that. Um, (laughs) So going back to your book, something that I really like about it is that how you broke it up into four categories. You broke up the characters into assault, possession, destruction, and transformation. Um, I was just kind of wondering if you wouldn't mind like speaking on that about like what made you want to approach it that way. And if you felt like there may be some other categories that could be included in this. Well, part of it was just that I didn't want the book to be this big amorphous collection of voices. <laughs> I just wanted to like try to direct people a little bit, you know, through some sort of arc. And I wanted mm-hmm. it to be kind of hopeful. <laughs> um, but all of the poems that came out first when I was writing were very sad and angry (laughs) Mm -hmm. and very focused most of them like the ones that I wrote the wrote first and most quickly were most of the poems in the first two sections of the book and maybe the third section too actually but um the third the fourth section transformation was definitely the hardest for me to write because I don't think that I was even like mentally there Mm-hmm. at all myself at the time but like I wanted to have some so- sort of hopeful point of view right um so thank you to the final girls I guess who like helped me do that a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah it just felt like sort of a natural progression from like an assault which could be physical or mental or so many things you know just um and just working through the stages of like moving on from that and just how do you deal with that yeah Mm. yeah no i i really like that and it was fun to kind of see see the different characters that you put in those categories and kind of really think about how, how how they do slide into and fit into those things and i think I think one of my favorite ones from your book was the one on Jess from Black Christmas. I love how strongly you portrayed her in it because she is a very strong character. And I love how the the poem ends off with that she's not a docile creature. She doesn't exist for your comfort. And that's basically, you know, what she was in the movie. She didn't care how taboo her choices were. You know, and wanting to have an abortion, not wanting to get married, wanting to still pursue her own personal and career aspirations. Uh, and and I loved how in spoilers for Black Christmas, you know, she's still even she's a fighter. You know, like you said, she's not the type of person that would uh, stay stand in the lawn as you wrote that. No, she's going back into the house. Um, and it's you know, those, those are like type of things we think of when people describe like first responders, like firefighters or things like mm-hmm. that. And I love how, you know, in the movie, she is a, a fighter. And so thinking about how she fit in transformation for me was, 
interesting because I was like, well, she doesn't have too much of a character arc, but and I thought about it a little bit more. She's a transformation in at least what I'm getting in terms of, you know, a not a female character just standing idly by letting other people make choices for her. She's like, no, this is what I want to do. And these are the things I'm going to do. And I will kill you if you get in my way yes. <laughs> uh, or, you know, <laughs> threaten my life. Um, so, um, yeah, I just want to at least say that that was like one of my favorite poems from this. And I just loved thinking about how. Because making thinking about how she fit into the categories, I thought was um, it was interesting and a good thought experiment to really think more about some of these characters. Because I would have thought, oh, she definitely would fit in possession just with the nature of the things that she was up against in this. But uh, I I like that how she slotted into transformation for you. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) she's such a great character and it's so cool that she's like one of the first final girls ever Mm -hmm. i think um and she was like so ahead of her time (laughs) oh absolutely and it's funny because like that movie is a lot of like the tropes that we get have now aren't present in that movie with you know like the sex equals death we don't really get that from there i mean the virgin's Mm -hmm. actually the first one to die in that movie so it's cool to see i also think it's notable that it's a canadian movie not a american Mm -hmm. movie so um (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah so i was uh gonna ask were there any poems from this or any characters that you were writing about that you particularly really enjoyed working on yeah a lot of my favorite ones were i think in the possession and destruction parts (laughs) oh wow okay um i definitely had a lot of anger that i was channeling (laughs) <laughs> and um <laughs> so I think like one of my favorites to write was um Anna from Possession. Um from the it was the eighties movie Possession. Okay. I don't know. That one just like that one is have have you seen that movie? I actually I haven't, so uh um... I'm not even sure you can see it in the United States anymore. Like it's hard to rent. But um, oh, really? But it has this incredible performance from I think her name is Isabel Ajani, mm-hmm. and it's she's in this subway and she's literally or figuratively getting possessed, um, and it's sort of a medical metaphorical thing for like all of her emotions. But it's just like the craziest. You should just Google the performance. It's the most wild performance, and that's what I based the poem on. And mm. that's what I really enjoyed doing was just like finding these moments from these movies that were just like really pivotal when I was growing up as well. Like I remember mm-hmm. these things. Um, and sorry, I feel like I'm getting really off track, but her performance. Her performance was just amazing. And it was really cool to write a poem about that. That was so on point to how I was feeling. Just this like possession of emotions that was like taking over my body, (laughs) kind of driving me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean, no, I I think that's I think that's very cool. And I like that, you know, it it kind of just from reading it, you know, it kind of sounds like that there's definitely some like. I don't know if there is. Is there like body horror in the Yes, in the it's film? very yeah. body horror. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
it's, it's, it's so cool. So, well, thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, and that's definitely a movie I haven't seen from. I have a lot of blind spots for like the 80s, to be honest, which I know is like a gold mine for horror. Um, well, as I said, it was I, I don't even know like where I saw it. I think I found it on YouTube the first time I saw it because I don't think you can rent it in the States. Interesting. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's a distribution thing, but I don't know. Well, do you have any final girls that are some of your favorites that um, that kind of just, like come to mind? Like when, when you know, I'm pretty sure you get that question all the time since you wrote this book. But uh, do you have any personal favorites or I guess was Anna one of them since you kind of mentioned how much fun it was to write that one? Anna is another one who I'm not sure like people would really categorize <laughs> as a final girl because she's kind of the villain. Um, but a lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot of the ones that I really related to, I feel like you might not necessarily call them final girls because they're kind of like morally murky, which I also feel like is maybe like kind of a final girl thing is that they're supposed to be pretty good people yeah like especially for <laughs> especially early on because you know they kind of make them you know well one they're like the the virginal person that's yeah. like you know doesn't really break the rules or anything like that while their friends you know uh smoke smoke weed do drugs have sex um premarital sex and break rules so and that's kind of like just a, a thing of horror movies in general characters that break any sort of rule whether yeah. it's a uh, societal or just like, hey, literally don't trespass. Um, <laughs> they yeah. they, they kind of get it. And the final girl is normally the one that doesn't do that or they finally do it when they go looking for their friends. So. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the ones that I relate to more are like the best friend who dies because she smoked weed or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, like... And I'm just thinking, like, um, I have a poem about Ginger from Ginger Snaps. I'm not sure. I mean, she doesn't even live. So you wouldn't probably call her a final girl at all. But she's just one of those people that has that, like, spirit that speaks to mm. me. <laughs> but the ones that keep coming to mind are the ones that I'm not sure you would call a final girl. But, like, um, again, yeah, Carrie is another one I wrote a poem about. She dies at the end, but <laughs> I think um, them dying doesn't necessarily make them uh, doesn't yeah, that's un unqualify true. it. Yeah, because like, but Jess, also she yeah. is kind of the perpetrator of the violence in the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, it's that question of like, who is like the real evil in that movie? Right, because I yeah. don't think it's Carrie. <laughs> So yeah, I guess to answer your question more succinctly, a lot of my favorite final girls are not final girls, I guess, technically. That's um, cool, though. But it's a lot of those kind of like... Kind of like those gray areas. Yes, yes. The morally gray characters are some of my favorites. So, so you kind of like these like com like real people, these complex characters that aren't purely good or purely evil. They kind of just have... Which I think we're seeing so much more of today. I mean... And I think that Thomason is an example. Yeah, and it, it, it makes it more interesting because like, like you brought up Carrie, I kind of, I, I really like the characters like that, like these people, it, it's really easy to root for the, what's it called? Like, what's that trope called? The, the, 
the struggling genius or something like that, or the tortured genius tropes kind of kind of like when you watch films like goodwill hunting or like i even consider anakin kind of like that it's from star wars uh kind of like this person like oh no like you like you know you're you were gifted in something and like harry you have like this amazing gift and you could do so much good with it but like you're you're tortured by your surroundings your peers your family or what whatever mm-hmm. internal or external struggles you have and it sucks to see them not reach their full potential um and so like characters like you mentioned like you carry it they're so for me i find them so easy to sympathize (laughs) with because i love that character trope but like that struggling genius um and genius can mean anything gifted with something and um yeah so i've always been fascinated with things like that so i I really like how you kind of bring that up that's you know that that moral gray area where like okay she does at the end (laughs) murder everyone with her gifts but like you know she was it's kind of like that nature versus nurture thing. Her, her, her nature in her isn't to do that, but she has been um, fostered in this. Yeah, exactly. So I, that's I, complex characters are cool for, for, for those reasons. Yeah. Before we get get off, I want to say thank you for, for your time and everything. It's been really cool to chat with you about horror and learn thank about you, you and your inspiration for uh, the book you made and everything. Um, in case anyone's listening that is has aspirations to write or maybe even get into poetry, any advice that you want to get to give someone that's looking to get started? I would say just read a lot of poetry for sure. See what's out there. Um, If you want to go the same route that I went, which was self-publishing, then I would just suggest, for me, it was very helpful to get on the internet and get on Twitter and just like meet a group of like-minded people. There's just a lot of cool people on Twitter talking, lots of really nice people in the horror community. Um, And they were all just really encouraging to me when I like started posting just a couple of poems way back when I was thinking about publishing this and I think that was a really big um that was just really great for me I'm not sure I would have self-published it if I didn't have some community of friends that was supporting me awesome well thank you for that (laughs) uh Claire it's been a pleasure having you on thank you so much uh would you mind letting people know where they can find you and uh, where they can find I'm not your final girl I Am Not Your Final Girl is on Amazon, just Claire C. Holland. Um, and I have a website, clarecholland.com. And pretty much all of my social media is at Claire C. Writes. You want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Claire. And I'll be sure to put links in the show notes for your website and people can go and find your book. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Claire. Thanks so much for listening, and I just want to say thank you again to Claire C. Holland for coming on. Be sure to swipe over to the show notes where there are links to her Twitter, Instagram, and her book on Amazon, I'm Not Your Final Girl. I want to give one more thank you to WordPress.com, what an awesome website for horror fans, and thank you to all the patrons. I'll see you guys next time. Be sure to watch some good movies.